The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. Pharaoh here, he, he hardens his heart. He refuses to obey God. And the truth is tonight, there, there comes a certain point in rejection and disobedience where, where God begins to deal out his judgment. In other words, uh, God's long-suffering... Uh, God is long-suffering, the Bible says to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But we also understand from the word of God that there comes, there's going to come a point to where God's long-suffering has an end and God deals in judgment. We also understand that that happens uh, in rejection, disobedience towards God in the lives of people, that God sends his judgment. But you think about this, even in God's judgment, even when God sends judgment, it is still not all of what we deserve. Think about this. God, with a word, could he not just wipe them out? Could he have just spoken a word and just wipe them off the planet? I mean, could he have just taken Pharaoh out? I mean, he didn't have to let Pharaoh stay alive. He didn't have to let the people uh, of Egypt continue to worship their false gods. He didn't have to continue to allow them to keep uh, the Israelites in slavery. So we see, even in God's judgment, because some people look at this and say, well, what a mean God, what a, what a hateful God, what a, what a, what a, a God that he would do this. Listen, even God in his judgment is merciful. Even God in his dealings with us still does not give mankind what we deserve. I mean, God even dealing judgment on uh, Pharaoh and on the Egyptians is still merciful to them because he allows them to live. He allows them to see his power over all the things that he's created, that he's the God in the midst of the earth, the Bible says, and he's the God over the earth. He's the God above all things and under all uh, things, in control of all things. Hey, that's our God tonight. That, that's the God who we worship. And sometimes I think we get things, even as Christians, we know these things, but uh, sometimes we don't act like we believe them, at least experientially uh, in our lives. We should say, hey, listen, God's in control. He's, he's in control. And even though things may seemingly in our society, in our culture, may seem in our world like they're spinning out of control, even God in his judgment is being merciful. Even God in his wrath, he still remembers mercy, the Bible says. Even in wrath, remember mercy. And God always, hey, listen, he always remembers mercy. God is so merciful uh, to us. He's merciful to the lost that are in this world today uh, because they're still alive. They still have breath. They still have, hey, as long as there's breath, there's hope. Uh, as long as there's life, there's hope. And, and, and God is, is, is so merciful to us. And I, I think we should not miss that for all these plagues that are going on here. And, uh, and God is just and he's holy. He isn't someone to test and he's not someone to play around with. He's not someone to tempt. Uh, he's not someone to charge wrongfully. Uh, the Bible does tell us, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And, and here where we see Pharaoh hardens his heart and uh, God declares an all out war on the gods of Egypt. And that, that, that includes Pharaoh because if you remember, Pharaoh was considered himself to be a god. And God declares all out war. If you want to put that, uh, that little graphic image up there, I want you to see the plagues because this is kind of the spans of the, uh, the, where, where we're looking at tonight. Maybe you can't see all of those things well, but let me just describe them. In, in Exodus chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, there was uh, the water to blood. Uh, in Exodus 7, 26 through chapter 8, 11, there were the frogs. In uh, Exodus 8, 12 through 15, there was the lice. In Exodus 8, 16 through 28, and you can look at these up and, and check them later, uh, there was uh, the flies. In Exodus 9, verses 1 through 7, there was the diseased livestock. 
In Exodus 9, 8 through 12, there was the unhealable boils. In Exodus 9, 13 through 35, there was hail and fire. And then we look at this Exodus 10, 1 through 20, the locusts. At the end, what we're looking at in chapter 10, uh, there was a period of time that the locusts stopped, but then there was three days of darkness. The Bible says darkness that could be felt, darkness to where they couldn't even get up, darkness to where they couldn't even see each other, uh, uh, verses 21 through 29. And then uh, next week, we're going to look at this, the death of the firstborn in Exodus 11, that last one. We're going to spend uh, some time and look at that uh, because there's another sign that God gives through that last plague to the children of Israel. Uh, But I want you to see uh, these judgments that God sends. This is an all-out war. Hey, God is mighty in battle. Uh, He is mighty in battle. And the weapons of our warfare, uh, uh, human human weapons cannot combat a mighty God. Uh, you, you You can't take our weapons. You can't take worldly weapons. And that's why he reminds us, in our spiritual battle that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spirit. Hey, listen, you can't fight spiritual warfare with uh, fleshly weapons. And it didn't matter how much, uh, uh, how many armies, uh, the, uh, how many chariots. Hey, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And uh, we understand that, hey, Pharaoh had a lot of confidence in his chariots. We're going to see that later as he pursues them with those chariots. He had a lot of confidence in his army, had a lot of confidence in his power. He had a lot of confidence in who he was, and he put no confidence in God. If you remember in chapter 8, he says in chapter 7, who is the Lord? Chapter 6, who is the Lord uh, that he should even say anything to me, that he should even ask anything uh, of me? Who is God? Who is God? Uh, I'm God. I'm the God over Egypt. And uh, God may be your God, and some people are like that. Some people say, well, that may be your God. Listen, whether it's their God or not, he is still the God. And there is no other God before him. There will be no other God after him. He's existed, always existed. And uh, boy, uh, God is the God over all the earth. He is in control. And I want you to see tonight just four responses that Pharaoh has to God's judgments. And uh, I want you to remember tonight that he's already been judged. And so these things are for our learning. These things are for our benefit. These things are for us to learn a lesson from. And I want to search our own hearts tonight to see how we respond, not to judgment, because if you're a child of God tonight, uh, can I remind us, John 3.16, we're not under condemnation anymore. Uh, There's no, no, no condemnation. We're not under God's judgment. We're not under God's wrath. We have God's love. Uh, we're, aren't you glad for that tonight? Uh, Christ came not into the world to condemn the world, but the world, that the world through him might be saved, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad that we have everlasting life through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're not under condemnation, we're not under judgment, but sometimes as Christians, we can tend to have the same responses to the will of God. You know, when God shows his will to us, you ever see something that God reveals to you and maybe you don't like, maybe you don't, wouldn't choose for yourself, and sometimes we can have similar responses that Pharaoh had. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I understand my capability to have a lost man's response. How about you? Uh, I mean, even as, a, uh, even as a believer, I understand that I can still respond in the flesh like I'm a lost person. I can still, uh, I can still get angry. How about you tonight? I, I still have pride to deal with. How about you tonight? Uh, there's still this flesh. I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And sometimes my response to God's will is nothing, nothing that's Christ-like. And sometimes it's just all pride. 
And so I think we should search ourselves tonight as we look at the way Pharaoh responded to judgment, how we respond in God's grace to his will and what he would have us to do. Number one, I want to say tonight as we look at Pharaoh's responses, you can't bargain with God. You can't bargain with God. Uh, God is not trying to make a deal with us. I don't know if you remember that show, Let's Make a Deal. I got a little bit more current with the title, Deal or No Deal. Maybe some of you rem- remember that. But uh, some people, they're, they're kind of t- treating God like some kind of chance lottery deal type thing where I do this and you do this and, and uh, this is my end of the bargain and that's your end of the bargain. And, and God doesn't bargain with us. God's not making a deal with us with this word. He's not saying to us, uh, uh, you, if you decide you're going to do this and I'm going to do this, God is good to us. Aren't you glad that even though we don't hold up our end of the bargain, God always does? It's not, if we were in a deal situation, God wouldn't do anything for us because we fail all the time in our end of the bargain. I, I'm glad that not only am I not responsible for my salvation, I'm, not, I'm also not responsible tonight to keep my salvation. Are you with me? Can you keep your salvation? You can't keep something that you didn't earn. You can't keep something that God gave to you, graciously gave to you, delivered to you. If you're trying to hold on to it, I have a hard enough time keeping holding on to my keys. Are you with me tonight? That If I could lose my salvation, I lost it a long time ago. And the truth is you can't lose it because you didn't earn it. You can't lose with bad works what you didn't earn with good works. We understand it's not of works, and that's why God's pretty clear uh, when it comes to the salvation that's been delivered to us that it's not of works. So this isn't a bargain relationship. We're in a relationship with God. It's not a bargain. It's a, it's a relationship. We're not in this with a deal to, to bargain with God, to say, God, you do this. I need you to do this. And, and some people, they play with God that way. If you look at chapter 8, verses 20 through 21, God gives a warning. He, he sends Moses and Aaron to the place where Pharaoh would be. Pharaoh would often make trips to the edge of the Nile. Some of this was a part of worship ritual. They would go to the Nile, and often they would go there to the water. They would pray. They would worship. Pharaoh would make those trips. He had a specific place that he would go to. Moses knew where that was. Moses, a lot of times, can you think about how agitating this is? If you had a favorite spot to go to, and the person you didn't want to see was always there when you got there. And that's kind of how it was with Pharaoh. I mean, he had this spot on the water that he really loved, this uh, riverfront property, if you would. And every time he shows up in his favorite spot, Moses and Aaron, here they come. Here they come again, these guys. And can you see him roll his eyes? I mean, as, as they're coming, here they come again. I wonder what their request will be. I wonder what their God is going to say to me again. And, and notice, uh, God, God is so good. God is so long-suffering. God is so merciful that he keeps sending his word. That he says, hey, listen, I get that you rejected my word last time, but here it is again. I understand that you you didn't listen to my word the last time, but here it is again. And by the way, God's will, God's word will be accomplished whether we obey it or not. It's going to happen. It's going to come to pass whether we we say we're going to be, it's it's just our choice of which side we're going to be on. Whether, whether we're going to choose a blessing and, and be in that relationship with the Lord or we're going to choose rejection and we'd be underneath God's wrath and judgment, boy, that's a, that's a hefty ch- uh, choice. Notice God warns. We said God's gracious, verse 22. The plagues never harmed Israel. We see God's wrath and that he keep, keeps his word. He does what he says he's going to do. Hey, listen, when God says he's going to send judgment, he's going to send judgment. Make no bones about it as we understand that we're in a period of grace right now as we're the church. But judgment is near. Judgment is nigh. Uh, We don't know exactly when that's going to take place, 
But can I say this? As the church, we know it will. We know it's coming. We know judgment is going to come. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a doomsday, you know, kind of sandwich board, uh, the end is near kind of guy tonight. But I, what I, I'm trying to say to us is that we do understand there's a lot of truth to that. The end is near. Judgment day is coming. And that we understand we see the day approaching. For us, get this, we're looking forward to it. To those, if they truly understood what it meant, they wouldn't be looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, they'd be dreading that day. You know, some people, they dread They dread the truth because the reminder of what it is, but to us, it's a wonderful reminder. It's the hope that lies within us. We we look to that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And some people, boy, they're fearing that day. And um, by the way, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. And we understand you, you can't bargain with God. Pharaoh responds in verses 25 through 32 with this bargaining uh, tactic. And God didn't want to bargain or deal. The only way Pharaoh could be free would be to be humble and to obey God by faith and say, I believe what God is saying is true, and I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to believe God by faith. Hey, listen, grace could work in him if he would by faith receive the word of God. Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Was God merciful to Pharaoh? Did he send the word to him? Did he repeatedly send the word to him? Hey, get this. Did he personally send the word to him? Did he send his own personal messenger to him? You think about this as um, we think of Luke 16 as, as Jesus talks about uh, the, uh, the rich man that's in hell. And what does he say? He says, if you'll send somebody, somebody to, boy, they'll believe that they wouldn't come to this place. And he says, he is Moses and the prophets. Listen, Pharaoh had Moses direct access to Moses, contact with Moses, face-to-face listening uh, to the word of God right from Moses and wouldn't believe. Listen, he rejected that truth, but you can't bargain with God. Number two, you can't beat God. You can't beat God. In chapter 9, verses uh, 1 through 12, uh, we see him almost trying to uh, put himself in a position where he's going to oppose God where he's going to kind of rally against God, that he's going to somehow beat God. You can't beat God. Listen, you can't, you can't beat God's word. You can't beat God. Uh, God, God beats, beats man every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Are you with me? Uh, I, mean, I mean, God wins. He always wins. He never loses. Yet some people treat God like he's a loser. Some people act as if God is not a winner and, uh, you know, some, sometimes Christians even act like they're losing or on the losing side. And I say this tonight, we're on the winning team. I mean, we should act like we're winners. We're, we are victorious through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, Christian, you're a winner. Don't act like a loser. I mean, I mean sometimes we can act like, boy, we're just, you know, woe is me. I mean, we're, uh, we're defeated. We could be so defeated. I understand. Listen, I, I'm with you. I get I get discouraged just like you get discouraged. When pressure comes, I respond. Uh, We're all just flesh tonight. God knows these things, but the truth is, hey, like Paul, sometimes it's just a matter of thinking myself happy. How about you? Sometimes it's just saying, I know that even though this trial may be but for a season, even though it can be just for this period of time, listen, God makes no mistakes And he's going to work all things for good and for his glory. And whatever process he wants to include me in that, thank the Lord for it. And God is good. You can't beat God. 
Now, these plagues were a reminder to all, uh, uh, to all that God could not be defeated with the weapons of man. It said before, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Uh, it's a sad thing that people think they're going to beat God, but listen, in the end, can you think about this? In the end, at the last battle, at the last war, the enemy's going to gather together a crowd. He's going to gather together an army to oppose God with the thought that he's going to win. It's amazing, isn't it? But here's the awesome thing. Just like Israel here, we're not going to fight. We won't have to. The Lord, it is he that will fight for us, and he will do all that he has power to do, and we won't need to do anything. He's the one that wins the battle, and by the way, he's the one that gets the glory. Uh, nobody, it doesn't matter how great the army that comes against him. Listen to me, show, show me, look at the Old Testament with me. How many times did did the army, uh, if you would, that was against God and his people outnumber them? I mean, you think about Gideon. Gideon, you got too many. You, you got too many. Uh, you, you have too many swords. You have too many weapons. You have too many men. You have too many skilled men. I mean, Gideon, you're not a skilled leader as it is. Let, let's just really stack the odds against. But here's God's intention is not that we would ever trust our flesh. God's intention is that we would never think that it's us. God's intention is that we would never even mistake for a second that it's us that wins the battle. It is always he that wins the war, and nobody beats God. You can't beat God, and sometimes uh, it's a wonder that we try. Number three tonight, you can't beguile God. You can't beguile God. Verses uh, 27 through 35 of chapter 9, Pharaoh lies, but boy, that's not the first time. That's not the second time. It's not the third time. Pharaoh is displaying, if you would, who he is. He's, he's a liar. He's underneath God's judgment. Here he is. He's lying. He never had intention to keep his word. The Bible's pretty clear about that. He says something, hope, hoping to get what he wants. He's using his words as a way of bargaining. He's using his words as a way of deceit, deceitfulness. He's using his, ways, uh, way as, his words as a way of getting his way but has no true intention of ever keeping his word. Listen to me, the thing that makes us most like Christ, most like God, is us keeping our word, saying the truth and living the truth. And by the way, it would be better that we keep God's word than we keep our word. It, it, you know, sometimes we, we focus so much on what we say and how much we do, but the truth is it would be so much better if we speak God's word and we live God's word because God always keeps his word, and God keeps us. And it's a, it's a great, uh, with great confidence that we can speak his word. Hey, listen, the only confidence I have tonight is not in this brain, not in this body, but in this book. It's in God's word. I mean, I'm confident tonight that this is true. And that's why uh, we can confidently preach and teach God's word, because it's true. It's going to come to pass. Uh, this is true. Let God be true, uh, every man a liar. God, you can't be God. Pharaoh lied. He had no intention of obeying God. Hey, listen, God was merciful. Again, with a single word, he could have wiped out all the Egyptians from the planet. God is good. He is merciful. He's not giving us what we deserve. Even in his trickery and deceitfulness, Pharaoh never fooled God. Can I say this tonight? All those who are deceitful, the liars, the Bible says, and all liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. You're not going to trick God. You say, who's a liar? God knows tonight. God knows. 
God knows whether you're telling the truth or whether you're lying. God knows, hey, listen, one of the, one of the earliest lessons that uh, God gives to the early church is what? Ananias and Sapphira. They say that they're going to do something. They, uh, they uh, maybe had good intentions. I don't know. The, the Lord reveals to us that they had at least ill intentions, deceitful intentions at best, that they never really intended to do what they said. They lied, the Bible says, to the Holy Spirit. They deceived themselves before they ever tried to deceive anybody else. They went out with this plan thinking they were tricking God's people and tricking God ultimately, and sin lieth in the door, doesn't it? And it was in the door, and no, I think there couldn't have been a more sobering lesson to the early church is, hey, even Christians, you can't trick God. Hey, even those that are members of God's church, you can't lie to God. You can't lie to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness within. He bears witness within. He knows what's true within. He's the one that bears witness with our spirit that we're even his children. You can't deceitfully beguile, you can't beguile God. You can't. You can't do it. You may fool everyone else in your life, even those who are your spiritual leaders. Get this. Pharaoh fooled Moses and Aaron, but he never fooled God. Pharaoh told, and listen, I, I think perhaps Moses and Aaron wanted to believe Pharaoh. I, th- I think Moses, hey, listen, didn't even Moses go, he said, he said about the plague of flies. Okay, I hear what you say. I'll go back to God and I'll entreat God. I'll ask God to remove the flies. I'll ask God to take them away. Because you say you're going to do this, I'll, I'll go to God on your behalf. Isn't it interesting that God listens to Moses? God knows that Pharaoh's lying, but God still hears the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. God hears Moses. Sometimes we pray and we want what's, but God knows the heart. And listen, even Moses praying, and God, the Bible says God didn't listen to Moses for Pharaoh. He listened to Moses for Moses. Because Moses was a good man. Moses was a righteous man. He listened to Moses and he said, okay, Moses, I'll do what you want. But he's never going to do what Pharaoh, because Pharaoh's a liar. He wouldn't listen to Pharaoh. You can't trick God. You, you can't beguile him. Hey, listen, tonight you can fool everybody else in the room, but you can't fool God. You can't fool him. Sometimes we try real hard. Sometimes if we're not careful, uh, this kind of atmosphere, when we gather together as a church, can become a place where we try to fool people. We're not careful. You with me? I think there needs to be a little bit of soberness with us as a church as we gather together. It becomes, listen, it becomes habitual. It becomes mundane. It becomes ordinary. It becomes commonplace. Listen, whenever God and, and meeting together, listen to God's word, worshiping God, getting together with God's church becomes somewhat commonplace to us, I think it's time for a, a checkup, if you would. It's time for us to say, okay, this is, this is something that we need to make sure that we don't allow to become this way. Sometimes God allows us to, to be shook up. God, uh, God allows things to happen. God allows things so that we stop trusting in, come on, just our church attendance to keep us going. Are you with me? I mean, sometimes, it, and, and by the way, you need to attend church. You need to come together with God's church. But if that's all that we're doing, then we're missing the point. It is important to do it. But it's, it's also important that in doing it, hey, listen, we don't get weary in our well-doing. Part of weariness and well-doing is doing it, but not having a heart in it anymore. You with me? I don't think in well-doing we ever stop. When he's talking to that crowd about weariness and well-doing, it's, 
It's not that they're stopping doing what's good. It's not that they stop doing it. It's that the weariness part is where it's just there's no love anymore. It's just I don't really love to do this. I'm not. Sometimes we get that way, don't we? We need God to stir us up and say, hey, listen, I don't want, I don't want to do things with, with eye service as men pleasers. I want to be a servant to the Lord, doing the will of God from the heart. And sometimes doing the will of God becomes mundane. It becomes commonplace to us. You can't bargain with God. You can't beat God. You can't beguile God. Lastly tonight, you can't bully God. You can't bully God. Some people don't understand this because this is how they live their life. They can bully their way into every other thing. They can bargain their way into every other thing. They can beguile their way into every... They can beat their way into every other thing, situation, but it doesn't work that way with God. It may work that way in the world, but it doesn't work that way with God. You, you can't bully God. God won't be bullied. Uh, you can't push him to do uh, what you want. Think about this. It's, at some point in chapter 10, uh, 10, verses 21 through 29, I don't know how many days the Bible doesn't tell us, from when the locusts stopped and the darkness came, but we do know that the darkness lasted for three days. Uh, we know what kind of darkness that it was. I love the... the um, the details that God gives us about the darkness. Not only the darkness, but also those that were walking in the light. Think about this. He says that the darkness was so thick that they couldn't get up. So they couldn't get out of bed because they couldn't see. They couldn't see each other. They couldn't see their own hand in front of their face. The darkness was so thick that it could be felt. The darkness, it was so heavy, and they couldn't see anything. But then it says, over in the land of Goshen... The sun is blacked out, but just kind of down the street a ways, in the land of Goshen, Israelites are walking around in the light. This makes no sense. It's like they're neighbors. You'd think, you know, kind of the light would kind of, you know, get over onto the, their property a little bit, you know? Uh, that the light would somehow, you know, disperse. Isn't that kind of the nature of light? But notice God is light, and light is God's nature, and the Bible says that if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Listen, as the world we live in literally walks in darkness, can't see darkness that can be felt, can't see in front of them, can't see the way that they're taking, yet God's people in the midst of that darkness are walking in the light. Isn't that an amazing thing? That's God's grace. We're walking in the light. You know, it's amazing that sometimes... He says, let your light so shine, let it so shine to people in darkness. You think that they would go to light like uh, bugs on a summer night, you know, that they would just flock to it. And it's amazing, uh, you know, sometimes it's just like, what, what light? What light? It's all darkness. It all looks the same. They don't even, they can't even discern that they're in darkness because they can't discern anything. They don't know which way is up. There's no direction. And here's Christians in the midst of that, walking in the light, walking in the light. You know, God's people have always been given, think about the wilderness, God was in their midst, pillar of fire, just that light, that light, God's ever-present light. Aren't you glad for the light of Christ in us? Aren't you glad for the light that the Word of God gives us? Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet, is a light unto my path. Listen to me, uh, young person tonight, you may not uh, have lived very far in life to where you think that you need this, but I will guarantee you that one day you will need it. I will guarantee that to you. Life is rough. 
Life, life is tough. Life is difficult. And, uh, you know, as we grow in age, we learn that. I'm learning that more and more, how tough. Life is not fair. Don't expect it to be. And uh, life is not everything getting everything I want. Life is not getting everything the way I want it. Sometimes, come on, with me tonight, young people. Life is difficult. And, you know, if you're not careful, you just think life just is living life, doing things my way, the way I want to do things. I'm trying to help us out tonight. Because if we're not careful, we're going to be in for a rude awakening. When we hit that wall and we think, listen, I've heard it a dozen or more times just in my ministry experience, I wish I had done it the way I was instructed to do it. Listen, I've had those moments. God, thank you for your mercy because I was warned and I didn't listen. How many times have we been given the warnings and not heeded them? Been given the warnings and and sometimes, uh, you know, what I understand in preaching is sometimes it's just warning. It's just warning. It's not a guarantee. I don't know what's going to happen in your life. I'm going to be Honest tonight, I'm not, I'm not a fortune teller. That's not what I'm here to do tonight. I don't know. With no guarantees do I have any idea what's going to happen in your life. But I will tell you this. God's word is true, and life is difficult, and all of us need God's word. We need it. And you better hide God's word in your heart. You better hold to God's word. You better, you better grab a hold of it while you can because there are no guarantees where our country is going. There are no guarantees where our world is going. There are no guarantees that you will be free. Hey, listen, I never thought I'd say that to a generation, but there are no guarantees that you'll see freedom as long as you live. Hey, there's no guarantees for that for me tonight. And there, there, when, when things get difficult, boy, that's always the great divider in those walking by faith and those walking by sight. You can't bully God. Notice at the end of Exodus chapter number 10, Pharaoh threatens Moses and he challenges God. He said, if I ever see your face again, I'll kill you. You know what he said to God's mercy? Get out of my face. He said, nobody would ever say that to God. You know how many people say that? You know, they they listen to God's word and it's like, get out of my face. I don't want to hear it. Get out of my face. And it's amazing that this is God's mercy on Pharaoh. Listen, we know what's going to happen to Pharaoh, right? We know the death that he's going to die. Drowning. I mean, I mean, the end of his life is close. God is mercifully giving him his word, giving him a chance, giving him opportunity to respond. And this is his response to God after he gets so hard in his heart. Get out of my face. I don't want to hear it anymore. If I ever hear from you again, he's saying, I hate you. I hate you. Listen, how much more did he hate Moses when he lost his child? Disdained him, despised him, hated God. You know what people, when they get in that position where life is hard and something really tragic happens to them, those that heard God's word, rejected God's word and said, get out of my face, you know what they do? They hate God more. They blame God all the more. God's saying, hey, listen, you're alive. You're still breathing. You're still alive. Hey, listen, God's mercy on Pharaoh was allowing him to live, giving him an opportunity, saying, hey, listen, can you not see how powerful I am that all your gods can't save you, that all your magicians can't undo or reverse anything that I can do, that all your chariots, you'll never outrun me, you can't deceive me, you can't beat me, you can't bully me, and some people still look at God and say, I'm still going to win, you will never beat God. 
You can't beat him, and you can't trick him. Listen, the worst thing that you can do is tell God, get out of my face. I don't want to hear you anymore. I know that he said it to Moses, but in essence, he was saying it to God. Moses was the messenger of God that was sent to bring the word of God to Pharaoh. And he comes with the word, and he's just speaking the word over and over again. What God said, what God said, what God said. And he hated it. He despised it. Get out of my face. I don't ever want to hear it again. I don't want to hear it anymore. And the the last judgment would be death. Hey, listen, when the warning stops, you're in trouble. You know, uh, it wasn't the greatest fear in the land when the sirens, uh, when the bomb squads would come through and the sirens would sound, the, the panic sound, the siren sound. The most eerie sounds of those at war would describe as when the sirens, the warning sirens turned off. It was the most eerie thing because you knew that danger, imminent death was all around, but the warning signs, the warning sounds were turned off. The saddest thing that's going to be on this earth when God brings judgment is that the warnings are going to stop. That's the saddest thing, that the word of God is going to cease It's the worst judgment. You think about as Jesus comes into the Gospels, 400 years without open word. When God's word stops, we're in trouble. When the warnings cease, we're in trouble. It is God's mercy. Hey, listen to me tonight. It is God's mercy that God has men standing in pulpits all around this world still preaching and teaching. It's God's mercy that there are God's people like you and I in this world continuing to resound the message of the word. Even though people may be saying, I don't want to hear it get out of my face. Listen, let your light so shine. There's going to be some that see and listen and respond to it. And the warning signs are all around us. The signs of the time are everywhere. The warning signs are all around us, but Listen, I'm not just saying this for effect. This is the truth tonight. When the warnings stop, we're in trouble. Listen to me tonight. As a child of God, if you grieve the Holy Spirit so badly that you don't hear his voice anymore, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. What I'd say to you is what I've had people say to me at points like that in my life. I'm thankful for people that that God has used in my life to say, hey, listen, wake up. Wake up. The warning signs, when you're hearing them still, at least God's still been merciful. But when you stop hearing God's voice, that's not good. A sinful heart that refuses to respond in faith to God's word will never be transformed by God's grace. Listen, in the end, sin when it's finished brings forth what? Death. What do we see at the end of all the plagues? Death. That's what happens. This is what God's saying. Hey, listen, this is the end of your way. The end of your way is that death comes. The end of your way is death. It's finished. That's as far as sin will take you. You know, some people think they'll laugh at the face of death. Some people today foolishly laugh at the face of warning. But the truth is tonight that be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. You can't bargain with God. You can't beat God. You can't beguile God and you can't bully God. And by the way, neither can I. Neither can I. But be encouraged tonight, God is good. And his mercy endureth forever. And boy, we're in that period of time where we ought to thank God 
that we've found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That God has given to us in his mercy, his grace, which he's bestowed upon us. Hey, listen, where my sin abounded, grace does much more abound tonight. Listen, and, and as much as I think, you know what I'm thankful for? Even though where this flesh tries to allow that sin to abound, God's grace still much more abounds. And I can't exhaust God's grace. I can't exhaust it. There's enough of God's grace for all of us tonight and all those in the world that will hear and receive it by faith. God's grace is enough and it endures forever. And our God is a loving God, but he's also a holy God and he won't be mocked. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.